0: According uh, verse three, if you're tuning in with us, this is a lesson. We have entitled the lesson Source of Knowledge Key Text First Peter chapter one verse three. According to as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to his to glory and virtue. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And we'll stop right there for just uh, for the time being. Uh, this whole series is on spiritual warfare. Now there are two. I'm not. Gonna, I don't do a lot of reviewing, mm-hmm. uh, but I want to review these two uh, summary statements. Two. Uh, two different perspectives. Perspective number one on spiritual warfare is. Hand-to-head. Hand-to-head. i hand-to-head. Hand-to-head encounter with demonic hordes by uh, which those demonic hordes are conquered and held at bay through certain prayers, incantations, tactics. Spiritual warfare involves cunning people and cities and fighting for those kind of things and all these kind of incantation prayers. That's side one. Side two is trust the Bible. Spiritual warfare is not a battle over territory. I'm telling you, spiritual warfare is a battle over truth. And we have one source of truth, and that is found in God's Word. And so we don't have to have all the other uh, accruptaments. And I I I, I thought maybe I can find this sample real quickly here. I might read just a sample of what I'm talking about when it comes to, for example, in Neil Anderson's book about binding Satan. God has granted us the authority to bind what shall be bound in heaven. In other words, we have the spiritual capacity to discern God's will and then, confident in the finished work of Christ, proclaim it in the spiritual realm. We have authority over demons as long as we remain strong in the Lord and operate in his strength. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6. The effectiveness of binding the strong man, Matthew 12, is dependent upon the leading of the Holy Spirit and subject to the scope and limits of the written word of God, etc. And all these help. Here's a help prayer if you want to help finding freedom. Uh, I read, Dear Heavenly Father, I take my position with Christ seated with Him in the heavens because all authority in heaven and the earth has been given to Him. And I name, not claim that authority over all the enemies of the Lord Jesus Christ in and around this room and around so and so. So what they have done, they've taken the authority. Remember at the, in Ephesians chapter 2, I'm thinking correctly if I am. He has exalted Christ that his name is above every name. And at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. We have the privilege. It's as if we were already seated in the heavenlies. Yes. But we are not the line of the tribe of Judah. We are not the one who the father is going to turn all things over to his power. We're not that. Now we have the privilege to be with him. But we can't say Jesus did. Jesus's ministry on earth was not what he's turned over to us. And Ephesians chapter 6, turn over there, and we talked about this last time. Ephesians chapter 6, interesting book. I'm on on a new book now, but I just finished this one a couple of days ago, Uh, Truth and Territory. He said, you know, the Art, we get so caught up sometimes in Ephesians chapter 6. I'll try to hold all these things together. I'll do my best. Sometimes I might get on a rabbit trail or two. I'm on my next... Book or two. So there we are. Uh, most important book, of course, is the Bible. That's what I'm emphasizing to you tonight. This is our sole source of authority. But when you come to the armor of God, Ephesians six ten. Binding brother, be strong in the Lord of power His might. But on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Pause for a moment. How is it that Paul's able to speak? Does he know anything about Roman armor? Oh, uh, house arrest for years. Oh, uh, hello. Yes, he knows a lot about it. But on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to... Here's our word of the hour. Stand. Thank you, Stand. Uh, we don't see in the Scripture where we are supposed to start praying incantational prayers against the powers of darkness. We are to stand against the wiles of whom? Whatever. His schemes. His his things. I'm telling you, if we can... If we'll just stand... It's going to take all we got. All we have... With Christ giving us His power to stand. He's not told us to go out there and whip up on every demon. It's just, it's contra, oh, it's just against, it's just going to be, it's called counterproductive, thank you, for us to, how are we even going to trust? How are you even going to name demons? They want you to find the names of these demons and call them, and you must, when you talk to them, you must tell them to do these things. Yes. Yes, thank you. Chapter and verse. And that's exactly, you want to sum up the entire lesson tonight, chapter and verse, please. And that is it. God's not promised. I've told you different times when you witness to people, don't start bending the ear, but get information, yes. Become a friend, yes. And then go right to the gospel and use the word of God. For the Bible says the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You're you're meandering around and being able to talk about 50,000 different subjects and taking up an hour. is not what God's promised to bless. Now, you have to balance that. You don't want to come in and listen. You just become my friend. And then work right up quickly, work right around to. I had the privilege of teaching Bible study at the Boyd County Center uh, for six weeks in a row. Woo-hoo. It's going to be exciting. I'm definitely going to, my brother, I'm going to go preach on something, bring the gospel around to them. But that's, But you become a friend, and you, but you have to, you need to get the gospel. That's what changes lives. That's what we need. Someone pray, is what we need, the world needs. What the world needs now is Jesus, Christ as Savior. And I don't want to what the song says, but I'm telling you what the Bible says. And all songs are laid aside... We'll stick with the Bible. Now there are some very good hymns. I'm not trying to lay those aside necessarily by any means. But here we go. So we're standing. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual witness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. And that is in a tense, in the Greek language, you just take it once and put it on. You need a whole thing that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to... And the next word. Stand. I four times we had the word stand in those four verses. Stand, therefore, having your words girded about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shall with the preparation of the gospel of peace, and taking the shield of faith, and the sword of the Spirit! And I did that intentionally. Sometimes we look so much at the armor, what's it can do with it. But see, Paul has traced those six themes through his epistle up to now, and this is the capstone. Now, the distraught analogy, you put on these six things: the truth, the gospel, the righteousness, and we're going to equate them to the armor of the Roman soldier. So now put on the tr- the truth. Look at the whole armor of God who may stand. standing Wherefore, stand there for having your loins girt about with truth. That's what you need. It's not so much about what the loins cover. It's about the truth of God. So some, it's, not, it's important, yes. The pieces of armor, yes. But do you not see the truths that Paul is drawing out, the gospel and righteousness? Take these, and with those, no. God filling me and using me, we can quench the fiery darts of the wicked as we use this. It would, it would, it would I don't want to say scare me, but it would be, I would be fearful for me to try to get in some kind of position where I'm going to ask a demon's name through, and, the, even, and, the, and their teaching is, for someone to get saved, you must exercise the demon first. And then they can be saved. Are you telling me you have to do something more than the Gospel of Christ to be saved? I'm telling you the answer is the power of God. I'm thinking someone generally sees Christ as spiritual Savior and the Holy Spirit generally comes in, out goes the... They can't abide together in one body. So I, I, I just really want to emphasize the Word of God, the sufficiency of Scripture, when you and I go outside the bounds of what the Bible says, will betide we tie us. That's not the answer. That's not the answer. So we are on page uh, somewhere one way or somewhere in one. I have given you actually some books that you would want to want on. I'll give you some ones that typically, now, interesting, if you're on page, I don't know what page it is. I can look right and tell you what page it is. Probably a Bible page one. Uh, typically, if you type in Google and spiritual warfare, there are over a million results in one second. Spiritual Warfare on Amazon Browser for books. 10,000 results. 48 pages of books. Such as Saints Who Battled Satan, 17 Holy Warriors, Spiritual Warfare, Christians' Demonization and Deliverance. 101 Tactics for Spiritual Warfare, Armed and Dangerous, The Battle Plan, Shut Up Devil, and Overcoming Familiar Spirits. I tell you, that scares me that last one, Overcoming Familiar Spirits? Now, there are some good ones. I don't have all these in hand. Uh, One is the complete armor uh, by a 16th century Puritan. I've got volume three, two two and one are coming, the complete Christian armor by a Puritan. I've got a holy rebellion just started on this one. Uh, It's also now called what the Bible teaches about spiritual warfare and truth or territory, which I finished that one and you'll hear obs and ends from it for the next few weeks. Those are some possibilities, and in Spurgeon's book, "Prayer and Spiritual Warfare," and also Serving Spiritual Warfare." This and what, why do we recommend those? Because here's what here's, here's what it is, and we're going to look at the Bible at next ensuing lessons. How do, I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on each one, but how do you counter? How do you counter exorcisms? Are we supposed to do exorcisms? What does the Bible say? And that's it's, and I love this book here because it, it keeps. What does the Bible say? What does the Bible say? Look what the Scripture says. And that's what we stand on. The sufficiency of Scripture. Our source of knowledge has to always be the Word of God. The Bible doesn't say everything about every topic. It doesn't talk about oceanography. It doesn't give you a thorough... It doesn't talk about fishing as much as I would like to. Can you imagine the Lord telling us how to fish? Yes! I might get something then. Of course, now, the way they fished back then is not the way we fish now. So they wouldn't have it. They need a baitcaster that helps I need to get you somewhere of that upgraded line. About 12 pound test, baitcaster, Abu Garcia, or somewhere on up or something like that. It wouldn't say that anyway. But it does, what it does say, it speaks with authority on as what God wants us to know. Can you imagine if God told us everything that He knows and put that into the Bible? His knowledge is infinite. Can you imagine around carrying the, the, the family Bible of, of had every answer for every single problem every single century is going to face? Oh, pastor, you're out in the left field tonight. But he has given us. Well, what has he given us? Hmm. Let's go back to our text we started with. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. It's clear. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3, according as the divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of Him. So there we are. What we need to know about things, He has given to us. Has He given us everything about heaven there is no? No. But what has He given us? Go ahead. Answer come out and answer. What has He given us about heaven? What will we do? What we need to know, how to get there, to preview, eternal. eternal, characteristics, new heaven, new Jerusalem, God's going to be there, He's going to be the Lamb, He's going to be the light in New Jerusalem. He's given us enough to get us to wet our appetite to where, man, I want to go. But right? should be, right? Mm-hmm. But has He told, and could we really understand? Mr. Dickens could go and tell me about the internal workings of a motor in his truck. Okay, I'm glad he knows that. I don't I don't know, I can't follow it. I wouldn't understand anything. He could probably tell some of your other men and you oh I yeah, order, you know, neck bone connected to the L but also Oh I don't know how to do that. He tell, and Mr. McCarty could tell about lawnmowers and maybe you tell, and all those little things. I don't know about those things. I'm glad you know them. I don't know them, so I can't understand them. So we have things about heaven. I know enough I need to drive a car, it has a motor, and I need to have all my yard. Okay? And I don't know. That's what I, and I've got enough knowledge to know those kind of things. I don't know enough to have a mower that has brakes on it, but I do know I have enough to have a mower. <laughs> there we go. You see what I'm saying? He's told us what we need to know. If we had to fight demons and exercise demons and do all these incantational prayers and call on and name these evil spirits, find out, that, he would have told us. He doesn't say that in Scripture. So every time you see these spiritual warfare books that go on about how to pray for the exercising of demons and how to, how to build a hedge, uh, you, they're outside. Chapter, verse, please. Outside this code. And, 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 I'm, Christians write these books. Absolutely, they're Christians. They've just gone off on the wrong. They've gone off on the deep end. I'm, I'm afraid. And I'm going to be careful. So what is we going to do? Look at uh, Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. Are we going to do a hand to hand combat to find out? Are we supposed to be looking up the names and researching the names of the plagues of past countries? No, and find out what demons? No. It's, it should make, put, the, I won't say the fear of God, but it should put the fear in us that Michael wrestled with, with for what, the body of Moses? Uh, wasn't there an angel that kept Michael from coming down to Daniel for 21 days? With the spear, uh, or the prince of Persia? or the prince of Persia, or somebody hindered me? I'm telling you, if Michael the archangel struggles with this, I, what are we thinking that I mean, we can somehow find something or somebody like that? It says in Acts 17, 11, verse 16, And when Paul waited for them at Athens, his spirit was stirred in him when he saw the city holding him out of the altar. Therefore, he disputed with them in the synagogue. I'm sorry, go back up. Sorry. one verse. And the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas by night to Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily whether those things were so. And folks today will say, you know, pastor, oh, I agree with you what you're teaching on the authority of the word of God and I hold it as to be sufficient. And then the next day they go out and start reading books on the spiritual warfare. I've got to do all these things. And by the way, when you follow all these hoops and jump through all these hoops, and something happens again, you gotta jump through them all again. And people spend their entire time, we we're so caught up on this, doing the prayers and following these rituals and doing all these things. Spiritual warfare, I'm telling you very simply, is this you have the Holy Spirit living inside you now, and you have your old nature, and that's the war. You feed the Spirit, and you have victory over the old nature. You feed the old nature, and the Spirit gets grieved and quenched, and you do worldly things. That is the summation of spiritual warfare in my thinking. It's the battle for the mind. Tim LaHaye like Tim Hay wrote that book. It's called The Battle for the Mind. I'm telling you, the more longer I live, the more I believe it's, it's right there. Gird your mind. How many times do they tell you what you think? I was here to listen to a podcast today. about two great quotes. I can't. Don't fear to be forgettable. It's like talking about pastors. Don't fear to be forgettable. I want to be forgettable. And I want God's truth to be what you remember. Uh, I don't give a But I want God's truth. And your children and grandchildren, you need to teach them God's truth. That's the only thing that's going to sustain us when the dark time comes. And the other time, uh, you, uh, the, last, the, first half of, the second half of your life, you spend repeating the habits you developed in the first half. Or you live by the habits you developed in the first half. They were talking about how to develop good spiritual habits. The last part of your life, in many regards, you live from the habits you developed in the first. So let's keep reading our Bibles and praying and those kind of things. So that's just a little bit off the spur there. Question number one, what are the librarians known for searching the Scriptures? Go to the Bible and see if whatever you're reading fits in with what the Bible says. Test it all by Scriptures. Uh, if you have not heard of some of the things we're talking about, you likely will. In Ephesians chapter six, verse thirteen, uh, take on you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. I found a very good quote on this standing. <laughs> I think I got the wrong book there. I think it's right here. Right Notice how a different approach is from the uh, is from the fighting the demon spirits. Remember in James. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So if I'm resisting something, it's almost, am I thinking we're standing, and he's trying to attack us and to move us off our rock, but we are standing on the rock. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you, not fighting. We're not called to go crashing and smashing down the gates of hell, claiming to make. By the way, Satan, even in hell now? Is Satan right now in hell, the lake of fire, Hades, anywhere even close to that likely? No. No. Correct answer. I heard that. Prince of the Power of the Air is yes, and I've heard the other other place. Uh, By the way, he does, according to Revelation, he does have a seat somewhere. uh, He has a throne somewhere. Remember, he's not omniscient. He has, has according to Revelation, there is a a seat uh, he has. One of the cities, I believe, in Revelation. Continue on. We're not to go crashing, smashing down gates of hell, claiming dominion, winning back territory, exercising demons, binding the devil, casting him down away or out, and ordering him in the pit of hell. Scripture does not teach us to develop a strategy of spiritual warfare based on personal experience, anecdote, or conversations with demons. We are not to pursue a strategy that is marked by rebuking, binding, insulting, or arguing with Satan and his demons. We're not involved in a war for territory, but for truth. By the way, Satan has had well, at least 6,000 years' practice, and you're somehow going to be able to outdo the, the greatest creation God ever made prior to his sin, and you're going to somehow be able to be smarter than him? I'm just thinking, it's work from the garden of Eden on. What is it? The lust of flesh, the lust of eyes, and the pride of life. But Abraham will don't, don't fix it. And he's still using those same three things with great effect so we are to resist and the problem in the church I'm quoting again from Mr. Uh, from Mr. Austin. the problem with the church is not that Christians don't know how to do exorcisms break generational curses bind curses bind Satan or use prayer mantras to manipulate demons the problem in modern evangelicalism is that Christians aren't standing the church loses effectiveness when it compromises the truth there can be no gain of territory when we're losing the truth battle the vexing state of church is due to the fact that it is spiritually anemic. Christians are compromising doctrine and morals in their daily lives. Men do not stand as leaders and protectors of their home. Men do not lead and serve in the church. Christians today are more interested in pandering to the world and aping the culture than they are in taking a hard stand for truth and doctrinal purity. He's a pastor and preacher, by the way. I was all right. And that is true. We have to stand. We have been told to resist the devil. Stand therefore having all the. It is not that we have one last time we have one offensive weapon. this sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, not your clever mantras, mantras we want mantras and prayers. So the source of our intelligence. Is the sufficiency of Scripture? It is the source of all knowledge. It says, and "I'm not sure what page, problem on page two Now, the late Chinese uh, general Sun Tzu said, "If you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the results of a hundred battles." He also said, "Know thyself, know thy enemy, and a thousand battles, a thousand victories." That was his that was from a, a book called *The Art of War*. I've not read, just quoted from that. Those little quotes. You know, what war cannot be waged without intelligence. We have intelligence gathering. Every country does that. Interesting now that we have now signed on with uh, events that happened with Vietnam this past week, and so we—I know there's a lot of intelligence and and, uh, going on with that. People have been uh, guarded. It just changed how things have changed. I don't know if it affects anybody else like that, but we've changed. Times have changed. But we have intelligence gathering, and we have to know the enemy. What does the enemy want? He wants to destroy us. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's the wrestle. If they want to get us, we're ineffective for God, and you want the unsaved to remain unsaved. That's what they would like. Without intelligence, we're going to have certain defeat. So, where do we get the intelligence for our warfare? It's here. This is the only 100% guaranteed like a car said, guaranteed 100% trustworthy for five miles once you drive it off the lot. This is the only one. It is here. If you're responding with incredul- incredul- con- incredulity, but Pastor, how can we know how to fight all these battles that I see written in the books that I'm reading about spiritual warfare? Just put those aside and go back to here. And trust Him and submerge yourself, if you would, in the Word of God. There are a lot today. Now, I don't think it's our church necessarily. But a lot of churches today have bought on so many. And other churches have bought on to this spiritual warfare battle. And and, 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 so, and some churches, and turning to Titus 1, 2 and closing. And some churches, it's like there's a demon behind every every corner. And then the, and then some churches have you confess. Every week you confess the demon of uh, a habit, the demon of this, the demon of my cursing, and we're, we're supposed to get all those out of our, our bodies, and then the next week come back and do it all over again. That's, listen, we are to be growing in our nurtured admonition of the Lord. This is the spiritual warfare, to what God has given us, and can we trust Him? As you're turning to Titus 1-2, perhaps you're already there. What a wonderful verse this is. you commit it to memory. In the hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began, Titus one two, in the hope of eternal life. Which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So I'm telling you, we can trust Him, can we not? Lots of comments. Yep. Just a moment. But thought of comment. Yes. I think I've witnessed about three different. Situations where somebody could have been uh, possessed by demons. One was Kim Davis at the federal building hmm. outside. This man, but <coughs> yelling, uh, remind Gail and me of Adolf Hitler. He seemed uh, see the hate, and so an so terrible yeah. uh, hate. And then well. the line in our injustice system. I mentioned uh, the young lady that seemed to be. I felt my heart just broke for her. I think that was Paul was that girl that all around him. For he waited, you know, probably I think he waited as long as possible. But she kept causing so much problem that he turned around, you know, and rebuked the demon. But now he was given that power and authority by Christ. He was a, that was a miracle in the Acts. Yeah, he was an apostle. they are miracles. They're called miracles, and that's we'll talk about that and talk about casting out demons, etc. Hi, Pastor. Uh, first pastor always said, if you're busy doing the things you ought to be doing, you don't have time to do the things you not to be done. He who mans the oars rarely rocks the boat. What's he saying Yes. If you, There's enough in here to keep us busy, the right kind of things. Obedience is the very best way. I was thinking today, uh, Lord, I, I, I've been praying, Lord, help me to draw closer, what do you want me to do? I want to know you better. And the first thing you do, you need to memorize verses more. So I used to I used to memorize verses all, I had a, still got them. So I just need to get working on them again. Here's all my verses. And I was going to start doing while driving today, but I thought I might get frowned on for trying to memorize them. So I didn't do it. So just ease your mind. When, when I first got saved, I, I witnessed a lot. You know, I memorized a lot of verses. But back then, I can remember stuff. But uh, this guy I worked with, he, he would, I would be telling him something, you know, and I'd just, opened the Bible to that particular passage, you know, he said I had a flip-top Bible. He <laughs> <A Bible. laughs> Has flip-top cigarette pack, you know. But that's a good point. If you could, if you have the Bible, use it. It says right, You show it. It says right here, Romans 3.23. That makes far more impact than just you quoting it. The Bible says right here. Can I just show you? Five minutes. Can I just show you? If you if you can remember that. And you can quote it while he's reading it. Yes, he does. Verse, yes, he does. All good thoughts. Let's pray. Lord, help, us, help me, Pastor Tim, to be the witness I should be. Lord, give me courage and opportunities. And Lord, help me to do what you have me to do. Lord, bless all of us. We want to walk with you. I believe that's the desire of everyone here. We walk with you, and may we do it this week. Bring us back again safely for our services on Sunday. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.